Chris Milicic does join us now uh, to talk uh, this story that Michael Burgess broke in the Herald last night. I, I've heard that Paul Eiffel is uh, kind of across this as well, Chris. But uh, Steve Corica, former Sydney FC boss, to lead the new A-League franchise. What do you make of the appointment, mate? And good morning. Morning, morning, lads. Um, I think it's a good appointment uh, for a foundation coach of a, a new club. He's, he's won the competition a couple of times. He's been... Uh, part of a club that's been at the top of the competition for a long time. I know they've had some ups and downs and he, and he got let go. But I think it's a, it's a really good appointment, considering that there were many other options out there that would have been uh, a whole bunch of unknowns attached to it. This is a good appointment. Uh, there are question marks across this about what he's going to do and what sort of club he's going to build. But he's now got the opportunity as a foundation coach to create something quite special or alternatively, he could go the other way. So, but I think it's a decent appointment. No doubt, he's a he's a very uh, astute coach, a very good coach, experienced player in his own rights. But why aren't we seeing Kiwi bred, Kiwi owned coaches coming through the the pathways and, and coaching our premier teams? Like you've got the Breakers, you've got the NRL, the Warriors. They're all coached by Aussies. Is, is there a reason in football we haven't gone for a Kiwi coach? Well, the biggest issue we've had is um, the Australian A-League, which is an a- place in the Asian Confederation. Um, the requirement for that is you must have a pro licence. Um, New Zealand's only just, and Oceana are running a pro licence course now. Um, for the last 15, 20 years, every New Zealand coach of an A-licence quality, someone like myself has got an A-licence out of Europe, can't get on a pro licence course because Australia has just been, no, we're only putting Australian coaches through it. So by default, they give Australian coaches the pro licence. They then give them jobs, so they get jobs in the A-League, whereas many Kiwi coaches can't get those gigs. There are Kiwi coaches coaching around the world with pro licences, but if you're around the world, then the A-League will become less of your where you want to go. So we have an issue in the fact that the coaching regulations of another confederation conflict against the qualifications of the majority of Kiwi coaches capable or more than capable of playing in the uh, coaching in the A-League. You're kidding me. That, that, that is absolutely terrible. So you're saying to me, young coaches that want to coach in football haven't got a genuine option to coach in the A-League, so they've got to shoot offshore and we're losing all our talent. Can there be adjustments and changes made to allow them to coach in the A-League? Because I'd say that's our premier event. I want, want a Kiwi to coach our home teams. Yeah, look, it's changing. As I said, there is a pro-licence mm. course running now. Um, it, it's, been a, it's been an absolute in my opinion, a scandal over the last 15 years that we couldn't get on. I mean, my, one of my big regrets was when I was invited to go back to the UK to do my UEFA pro licence. I, it, For serious reasons, I couldn't do it. And then I've, I've tried four times to get on the Australian one or the Asian one, and you just get told, no, 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 no. So suddenly the window for what you want to do closes. And so if you're someone like myself with children and you want them to bring them up in New Zealand, you, you, you do, did hit a big brick wall. So it has been an absolute scandal. The Phoenix have um, traditionally had the opportunity, um, but for whatever reason, they've elected not to go. They go in other directions, and that's fine. They're professional private entities that can do whatever they like. But I, I'm with you, Izzy. I think that it's got to be – you've got to have the ability to – get highly qualified, get the credentials you need to do the jobs in the country you live in. I think that's uh, a prerequisite for what we want to do. 
Chris, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make this all about your journey, but I mean, has this put the handbrake on your, on your career, though? I mean, because you were the New Zealand under-20s coach. You took our under-20s to a World Cup. Um, and I, I assume that you, would, from there, wanted to kick on to bigger and better things? Yeah, it didn't put a massive block on. Once the pro licence came in around the world, if you couldn't get on a course, uh, you couldn't get the gigs. Yeah, that is and, the... and the other thing about the pro licence, because uh, we're going a little bit off topic here, but especially in Europe and that, if you're in France, you're not allowed to get on the pro licence unless you play in excess of, I think it's 75 um, La Liga games, which is the top league in, in France. So you've got to have been a professional player and a very good one at a very good level before they put you on the pro licence. And if you don't have those those playing credentials, you're not allowed to get in the pro licence, so you can't then kick on your coaching career. So you end up with really good coaches and academies and that, but they can't kick on to the upper echelons. And as we all know, because you're a good player, it doesn't necessarily make you a good coach and vice versa. Mm, mm, so, yeah, mm. it, did, it did, does cause a massive, massive block uh, against players coming through. A Mourinho wouldn't come through under the new system. Wenger wouldn't come through. These these people wouldn't come through under the system we currently have. That is absolutely mental. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's, it's worldwide, and it's going. It'll it'll go through every single sport that exists. Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, pulling the ladder up behind, right? To a, to a certain extent. Well, yes, and I and I always think, especially in the UK, um, pros protect pros and make sure that. Pros coming through get jobs and said there are some really really talented coaches at lower levels where you go, Phew, they could they can really do this gig, especially if you think that from a pro license or running a professional football club, um, you need to have vast arrays of management, sales, negotiation, all the other tools that you would require to run a professional football club. Coaching on the grass would be about five to seven percent of it. You're managing people, you're managing high performance people, you're managing and leading programs. Just because you're a player doesn't mean you've got any skills in that regards at all. It doesn't mean you don't have them, but as a rule, you wouldn't have them until you learn them over a period of time. There's a reason Alex Ferguson went and managed pubs in Aberdeen before he started coaching after being a very good player. Wow. It's, it's absolutely great detail that you're sharing with us, Chris. We appreciate it. What are the coaching ranks like in New Zealand? Do we have a lot of young coaches coming through that could potentially kick on? What does what the pathway look like? We do have young coaches coming through. Um, there's quite a good coaching structure within New Zealand from a training and a teaching perspective. Um, it, is, it is pretty good. Um, the problem we've got is like anything, if you want to improve your coaching, you need to have a competition that's uh, of absolute high quality. And, and I'm, I have been quite vocal in saying that a removal of a proper national league has limited the ability of our young coaches mm. to test themselves against uh, top coaches week in and week out. It's very easy to go to a club, have some resources, get some players and think you're doing quite well, but you're not being tested on a regular basis like week in and week out getting out coached out played by opposition to learn and to harden yourself up so we need to ex uh, extend our coaches into the international scene uh, but we're in Oceania where it's very easy to win games it's not until you hit the world cups in that that we really are testing our coaches so I would like to see a situation very similar to what we try to do with our players sending our coaches off into other environments letting them learn bring them back, and, and it almost has to be an individual mentorship system for each coach to give them what they need. 
uh, I remember when when I was, did my A-license and Dick Bate was in, he, he's unfortunately passed on now, I had a conversation with him and he said, oh, I love your coaches from Australia and New Zealand. And I was just like, man, you're like the doyen of coaching. What, what do you mean by this? And he sort of said, because in your environments, you do everything. You, most of you come out of management roles, you work jobs, you, you're well structured to be managers and head coaches of professional entities, regardless of your lack of high quality professional backgrounds. And he said, and the other side of the coin is the professional players come in and all of a sudden something happens, something on a personal or an empathetic level happens and they really struggle to engage with the players and then they lose the players and then it all goes to custard and it turns bad. So there's no surprise to me, someone like Ange Postacoglu, who came through the Australian system, is a great lad, he's played and he's just worked and worked themselves. He goes to the Premier League and he's flourishing there. You know, uh, vast array of experience from a coach's perspective, a human perspective, as well as the ability to understand that relationships and the ability to lead people is not about self, it's about others. And so once you get those types of people there, they can kick on. So New Zealand, especially New Zealand, there are coaches that would do extremely well in this because they're, they're most of them working jobs and then they're also coaching. We are getting to the period where we're getting all these what I call the career coaches who are just coaching anything and everything just to make a living. Well, that's not going to build them the capacity and the ability to kick on and coach these upper echelon professional environments. Do you feel like you you or, or Kiwi coaches have the support of New Zealand football, mate? You get the support of New Zealand football to a certain level, and then once after that level, you kind of left on your own because they have the once again with the limitations, they can't get you into these environments where you need to kick on. So they're very, they're very good at supporting you to a certain level, and then once you get past that level, you're kind of you're not on your own, but there's kind of nothing there mm. for you. So, um, yeah, look, I think they do a really good job trying to get as many coaches through. It's not an easy yeah. situation they find themselves in. It's a massive sport. It needs an enormous amount of coaches. Mm. They, they run coaching courses. They're oversubscribed. People miss out. So it's not like, and, and people say run some more, but I, there's just not enough people to run these courses. I mean, we need thousands mm. and thousands and thousands of coaches every year. Yeah, and of course, uh, Chris, you finished with Takapuna uh, in the last season. Uh, what are your plans from here? What, what are you doing coaching-wise nowadays? I'm waiting. Waiting and watching. Um, that would be the best way to put it. Um, look, I love coaching. I would, you know, I'll probably, I mean, I coach the local under-12s, if, you know, if, if that was there. But from my perspective, it's... Uh, uh, there's a things happening in the game, the things that are going around that I'm just watching... Um, I'm in no hurry to, to pick up the next gig, but the next gig is one that I'm really, really interested in. I should finish the pro license uh, sometime next year, mm. and then once that happens, then things are very, very different with that bit of paper. Yeah, interesting, mate, interesting. What, the other thing, and I know this is a bit of speculation, but getting back to Corica's, uh yes. getting the job uh, looks like it hasn't been made official yet, but uh, everything is pointing towards that. Uh, I did look at where he's been. Of course, he's, he's, he played a lot overseas, played for Wolverhampton Wanderers and things. But he was also at Walsall for two seasons. And the same time he was at Walsall, there was a certain Danny Hay and a certain Neil Emblem were also at mm-hmm. Walsall. Are you expecting one or two of those guys to come in as support staff? I, I know in the past that Steve and Danny have had a conversation about Danny becoming part of Steve's staff. Um, but that was a few years ago. 
Um, I wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I heard the rumour that Greeny could be picking up the assistant role. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is here, you've got to be really, really careful what type of club you're in. And I'm sure Foley just wants to have a team that's winning and blah, 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 and, you know, that'll solve it. Because it's a real American, you know, pick the team, pick the players, don't get where I get the players, just grow. You're going to have to engage with the football community in, New Zealand, in Auckland in particular. Um, the majority of the talent players come out of Auckland. Even the ones in the Phoenix, they're all Auckland. They're all Auckland produced. They're all coming out of Auckland. There's this massive untapped potential to engage with this enormous playing and community, football community in Auckland. If that is ignored, it'll become like a cyclical supporting base where the Warriors were for a long time. You know, and then they they sorted it out. I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago. Now they've had this consistent group of people that come. You have to engage the people. So he's going to need. Steve's going to have to have somebody that understands clearly the uh, domestic situation in Auckland, where the best players are, who to engage in, who the people are, how to move, build the relationships, and create something that over the next one to three to five years, whatever period they want you can produce a winning team. Because look at the Phoenix this year. They're playing a bunch of the kids out of the academy. To be fair, they're quite lucky in the fact that the A-League seems to be a particular poor standard this year and compared to other seasons. But the kids can play. Because what people don't understand is New Zealand kids can't get offshore unless you've got access to international passports. So a New Zealand kid that gets offshore to play is one thing. There's talent and athleticism and ability sitting here that is on par with anything in Australia and probably at the comparable le- comparable level, a lot of European clubs because they can't get out of this country to play in other places. So if you can tap that, you can see it. I, I went to the Fijian tournament a few weeks ago just as a laugh because my boy was playing in it as an invited player and I saw a young Fijian player and he blew me away. He reminded me of a young Roy Krishna and I just watched him for about, I know I wasn't playing against very much, but for 30 minutes this game was on, I couldn't take my eyes off this kid. And so I finally found someone, I said, look, who is this kid? And they says, oh, he played in Fiji, come to New Zealand, doesn't doesn't really play, and just plays in these social tournaments. And I just went, that's just one. I mean, you put him in a professional environment, give him 18 months, could be another Roy Krishna sitting there. Yeah. So the reality is the players are there, but if we don't tap into that, I'm not 100% sure where people would bother going to watch Funeroli running around all these ex A League players from Australia, and we suddenly end up with 15 or 16 Australian A League players running around in Auckland. Thing everyone will like what we do. You're taking all the um, yeah, the top tier of New Zealand football, and there isn't a single pathway for a New Zealand player. That would not go down well with the community. No, it would not. All right, Chris. Thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, have a great, uh, yeah, great Christmas chat. break, mate, and uh, enjoy Christmas with the family, eh? Yeah, Thanks, good Chris. luck you too, and uh, thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. Chris Milicic there with us, and uh, some interesting insights there, and more less so about the Corica appointment, uh, or pending appointment, is he, but more about the coaching structure. Yeah, look, it was an interesting uh, chat he had there at the end about players and, and people that are out there that are very talented. We get a lot of it in rugby, particularly in the rural regions. There's so much talent out there. But they go, they they get missed. They don't get the opportunities like the city slickers do. And for a prime example, there's a guy down here called Sam Broomhall. 
And this is the chat that was spoken about last night. Sam Broomhall, very, very good player. Played for Canterbury. I think he played for Otago, but he was class. He never, he always lived in the shadow of the one and only Reuben Thorne. And apparently he was better than Reuben Thorne. But Reuben Thorne went on and, and coached, uh, kept the All Blacks, played for the Crusaders, won the six titles, whatever it was. But that was because he was, he had, well, how do I say it politely? Probably had the backing of a certain someone, or someone seen him from a young age and brought him through. In another chat last night, there was a kid that was picked for the under-17s, I think it was Canterbury local. He's, he's not even bowling at the moment. But he got picked ahead of other players, and he starts his bowling training 10 days out from the tournament. And that is because... The coach likes him or or someone. There's just so much politics in mm. sport in there. Yeah. And how much luck is, is needed to be going your way for a lot of these players to go on and, and, and further their careers. Um, like how do we get rid of the politics? How do we encourage and, and allow everyone, doesn't matter what walk of life, it's the same chat about traditions and history will close. Like how do we make sure that everyone has an equal opportunity to go on, yeah. For example, that Fijian kid. Yeah, well, it's funny. Yeah. Why you know, isn't he playing? There's a guy that I used to I used to work with uh, who is a Kiwi now, but he, he came from South Africa, and he was he played rugby at his school and in his in his mm. province, and then he'd go on to trials for I think it was like uh, I don't know if it was a provincial team or a national under seventeen sort of set up under eighteen sort of set up, and he was told by several people watching that he was by far and away the best player in his position. I think he was open side flanker. Uh, but he didn't get picked because, you know, in, in South Africa they've got the English Af- uh, they, they got the English white guys and they've got the Afrikaan white guys. Mm. He was English. He was the English side and an Afrikaan kid got it and they were like, just because he's Afrikaans, he got it and that was that politics, you know. And he lives here now. He supports the All Blacks. Yeah. Hates the Springboks because of that. It left a sour taste in his mouth. And we were talking tennis last night. And we're talking about a guy called Julian Falls. I'd never heard of him, but apparently he was a very good tennis player down in Christchurch, and he was so talented. But he come from a farming background, and he lived in the rural rural Canterbury. And he'd come into the city, and he would absolutely destroy the city slickers. But because he'd turn up in his farm gear and with one racket and bare feet and destroy them, that was the reason he never got selected and went on. Interesting. It's because of what he looked like and, and his background. He didn't fit the tennis mould, which I thought was an interesting chat. There is There should be no stopping you, no matter what look you look like, no, what your background it is. If you are talented, that is enough. 